Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. My husband... Oh, we're live. I wish I was recording this before. We've been having some great talking. That's why we're a little late. Great conversation. I'm with May. And May is just my beautiful guest that I have on today. And I've had her in the past. She went ahead and was sharing briefly about what why she's here. And um, many women throughout the world have gone through this. And it is painful. I myself have gone through this. And um, I get goosebumps now. But I'm going to let you take it away, May. Um, she's also going to mention a bill, which I'm going to put in the comments. So if anybody's interested in that. And also, she is an author. She's been a guest here before talking about sexual assault. But this is totally unrelated to this, to that. So, But I'll have the link for her book also in the comments. May, go ahead, darling. Take it away. Thank you. Thank you so much, Melinda. I'm so happy to be here again on a part of your show. You're such a wonderful host. I love being at your show. You're <laughs> a sweetie. Um, yeah, I I reached out to you a few weeks ago um, because I just really felt like an injustice was done to me. It was unjust. It was inhumane. And it just wasn't right. And so what happened was in January, just this a couple months ago, we found out that we were pregnant and we were just so happy. We were just like over the moon, you know, this would be our second child. And we had been trying, she's going to be three next month. So we had been trying to, you know, have her little brother, her little sister. And so on January, January 24th, when I took the pregnancy test, it was just, I just started laughing like, oh my gosh, of joy. I was just so happy and excited and I shared with my husband and he was so happy. And then so on February 11th, we went in for our eight weeks. So usually at eight weeks, that's when you have your first checkup, you know, prenatal checkup. We went in and we were so excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to get my sonogram and I'm going to hear the baby's heartbeat. And I was just so, you know, thrilled. And we went in. And we did the ultrasound and she asked me, the ultrasound tech asked me, um, when was the last day of your first, when was the first day of your last period? And I said, December 17th. And I for sure was like, I, I really think that was a day. I was like, December 17th. She's like, oh, okay. And then she's like doing her thing. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. She's like, oh, okay. And I was like, why is the baby measuring too big? And I'm thinking maybe I'm older, you know, maybe the baby's, you know, maybe it wasn't December 17th. Maybe it was a few weeks before. I don't know. So she's like, no, the baby's actually measuring smaller, like six weeks and four days. And I, I just like was speechless. Like, I couldn't even, and you wouldn't even come out. Like I was just I had no words. And then she's like, you know, and she didn't want to say too much. I could tell, you know, it kind of, she was kind of uncomfortable too. Like she didn't want to be the one to tell me the news, you know? Right. So then I went and she's like, okay, you know, your doctor will talk to you, you know, you'll wait in the room. And so just in the room, it was just like silent in there. So my husband was with me. My baby Eden was with me. She took Elsa. She brought Elsa. <laughs> She brought Elsa with her. And so it was just, the room was just silent, you know, and she was just watching her little show. And then finally, um, the doctor came in. It was actually the midwife. She came in and she's like, you know, um, it's the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And, um, you know, the baby's measuring smaller than she could be, you know, so I'm going to ask you to get some blood drawn today um, and then come back on Monday and get some more blood drawn. So I'm like, okay. And then Melinda, I just ran to the bathroom. I was like, okay, it was over. You know, our, our appointment was over. And I just 
ran to the bathroom and tears just came down my face and I like grabbed my stomach and I was like just speaking life like no like you will live and not die you know tears is just like coming down like no 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 you know I I was just like no like I like was just like no I'm gonna speak it by faith you know no I'm gonna like I'm not accepting it you know then I went in I mean then I drew my blood on Friday then I came back on Monday drew my blood then I had my second appointment with her on the 15th of February, which was my mom's birthday. So, so I went in and um, she's like, May, you know, um, your number on Friday was 32,000 HCG. And she's like, and by Monday, your number went down 5,000. So, and I know, right? I'm then, sorry, I'm ugly crying. No, 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 please. I know, I don't, I'm just like telling you the story. It's like not giving me a I can't tell you the story. Like, and then, so then I still wouldn't believe it. I still wouldn't accept it. I was like, no. I'm like, and we called, like, we told our pastors, our close family members and friends, and everybody's praying, like, you know, Jesus wrote, like, you know, Pray, you know, Jesus had risen Lazarus from the dead, like, you know, and we're still just praying, believing my faith. Like I still at this point had not accepted. I was like, no, like, no, I'm not going to accept this. So then on the third appointment on February 22nd, you know, cause I had to keep getting my blood drawn so they can see my numbers. Right. And on the 22nd, I went in in February and she said that now from, you know, 32,000 minus five, then it was 9,000 less. So now, you know, like, and then at that time on February 22nd, I just accepted it. I just was like, my, the, my baby is gone, you know? And so we were just asking like, what are our options now? You know, at the second appointment, we're like, okay, what are our options? They're like, okay. You know, she was very, she was very nice. She's a very nice lady. And she actually had suffered several losses, you know? And so she was very nice. She was very compassionate. Like she gave me hugs and, you know, we just oh. in the office and everything. I'm crying. She's like, hugging it out with me, you know, and she's like, well, you know, you can wait naturally for the baby to come out, you know, naturally, you we can give you a pill that you would, you know, put up there and then would speed up the process. Or, um, you know, they would go in there and kind of, you know, take the baby out. DNC, yeah, right. The DNC. And, you know, we thought about I was like, you know what, we're just going to wait naturally. And, and whatever anyone's choices, it's definitely like, you know, up to you, like whoever, whatever you choose, like that is up to you, you know, but for us, I, I, I was like, you know, I just want it to be natural, whatever is going to happen. So this was on the 22nd. And then that weekend, the 26th and 27th, it was um, Saturday and Sunday on Friday night, I started having cramps like contraction, like cramps. And I was like, in my mind, it didn't click like what was really happening, you know? And then on Saturday, and then we went to a marriage conference on, on Saturday. So towards the end, it was like at one thirty, my water broke Wow! in the middle of the conference. And so my water had broke and I went into the bathroom and a huge chunk of placenta fell out of me in the bathroom at church. Wow. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know my water was going to break. She did not tell me that was going to happen, you know? So then I just reached my hand inside the toilet and like pulled out this, it was like liver, like the context was like liver. And I just held it in my hand and like I was just like crying and then I was thinking like you know what should I do should I save you know I didn't even I thought this was the baby I was like okay this must be the baby you know 
And I was like, should I stay? I was like, well, we are at church. So I, I decided like, you know what, like many of us, you know, have done and, and I felt, you know, terrible about it. I was like, okay, well, we're at church. Let this be like a baby final resting place kind of thing. And then, so I flushed the placenta down the toilet, I think. And then, so then um, I'm still having cramps. I'm still bleeding. I bled through my underwear, my pants, you know, my friend's house. And she gave me some, um, she had just had a baby. So she had given me her, um, her afterbirth stuff, you know, the big pads and stuff. Oh, yeah. She was so sweet. She gave me her strong ibuprofen. <laughs> she, she gave me her, you know, her pants and everything. <laughs> I was like, I just bled through all her my clothes. Aww. And then my mom was like, you know, you should rest. You should rest. I was like, no, I'm going to go to church. And I had to teach. I, I'm a Sunday school teacher. So I was like, no, I'm not going to let the devil keep me from teaching my kids. Good for you. <laughs> so then I went to church. Melinda, I bled. So I mean, like, I literally was like, oh my God, I'm bleeding through my, I bled through my under the pad. My wow. underwear. I had to run to the store. <coughs> Oops, excuse me. Cappuccino. I had to run through the store next to the church to go buy pads, underwear, pants, so I could come back. And I was telling, um, you know, my lead, I was like, I was telling her what was happening. She's like, okay, don't worry about it. We'll have someone cover it. And then I ate a sandwich, took the ibuprofen 800, and I went to church. <sighs> oh, yeah, I had baby wipe, too. I wiped, like, as much as I can. It, it like, dripped all down my leg and everything. Wow. I wiped it, and I went to church. And I sat there in church. And I was like, wow, okay. And I'm thinking... This is the end of it. <coughs> Excuse me. It feels dry. Excuse me. Oh, you're fine. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is the worst of it. You know, like, okay. And then later on that night, I'm using the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, my baby's egg sack falls out of me mm. <clears throat> and I didn't even know like like Linda I don't even know I didn't even know what was going on or what was happening and it was like and if truth be told it frightened me like I was frightened like I was scared like I had no idea like this was happening what to expect or anything and the only thing I could think of was to flush the toilet. Yeah. And I, I feel like I keep replaying that moment over and over. Like, why did I do that? Why did I just flush the toilet? Like, why did I do that? You know? And I'm like, you know, I think now I'm at a place of peace about it. You know, but for weeks, it was just tormenting to me. Like, oh, my God, I flushed my baby down the toilet. Like, that was, like, literally my baby. But when I was in the moment when I was there, like, I wasn't thinking that. So this is Sunday night about 730. And Monday morning, I went to work. I put... I made sure I wore the extra thick pads just in case, you know, cause I'm still bleeding. Um, and I go to work, we have a lot of meetings and then I even go to work on Tuesday. And then I'm like, I, I can't. And then on Tuesday, I realized like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I cannot, like my job is to help people is to pour into people's lives as a social worker. And I'm like, I can't, I just can't do this. So then I emailed my manager and I was like, you know, I need to take some time off. Um, so the policy that they have at my um, employer's office is that if you suffer the death of a child, you can get 10 days off, five days paid bereavement, like the company will pay five days 
And then the other five days, you would have to use your sick days. So then when I told my manager, I even sent her the email of the letter stating that I did suffer a pregnancy loss, you know, all of that. And she was like, well, I don't know if we can give you the days due to our policies, um, but I'll let you know. So then I took Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off the rest of the week. Then on Monday, I get an email from her saying, you know, I hope you're feeling better. Um, and I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to give you your bereavement days. Mm-hmm. And it just, I feel like it just crushed me. When I read that email, it crushed me in so many ways that first of all, this was the worst pain that I've ever felt like emotionally, mentally, you know, in my life, losing my child and for it to be invalidated, like, no, your loss doesn't count. Like it just, I was like, this is not right. And something just like rose up inside me. Like, this is not right. Like there is nothing right about this. And so literally from like February 11th and the next month, I cried every day. I cried on my way to work. Sometimes I would cry at work. Then I would cry when I get home. Like it was just so exhausting. I was just crying all the time. And they told me that um, they couldn't give me the time. And I told them, well, I'll see you next school year. Oh man, I can't believe it. I was like, you know what? If you weren't going to give me the time, I'm asking for just five days. If you're not going to give me time, I'm taking the next four months off. I was done. I was done in my mind. I was like, I don't care. You can fire me. I don't care. I was so angry. And so I was like, well, that's your decision. So now I'm going to make a decision. I'm gone for the rest of the school year. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wrote that. And then, um, so in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm gone. They told me that I had some time left for short-term disability. Yeah, you have three months. I was like, okay, cool. I have three months. You know, I'm good. And then on Monday, just a few days ago, um, I called the leave office and they told me, oh, um, we were only, you actually don't have three months. You only have seven days. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. They told me I only had seven days, seven days of leave. So I went back on Tuesday. Well, before we get into that, I wanted to talk about like really the three weeks that I had taken off. And honestly, Melinda, I think that was the best decision that I could have made. I mean, people like my family members and friends, like everyone was really pushing me to go back to work. Like, you know, because they're like, you have a good job, you have benefits, you don't wanna lose it, um, lose your job. And I was like, no, I cannot possibly go back to work. I'm crying every day. I'm crying to you, I'm crying with you. I'm, I'm like, I cannot go back to work. And so I think taking the three weeks off was the best decision that I made for me to be able to really process, process and, you know, really start my journey of healing and really just being back to like, okay, as in like, I'm not crying every day. And that was one of the deciding factors of me going back on Tuesday when I realized I was like, you know. For the past like week or so, I haven't been crying every day. You know, I feel like I'm okay because I haven't been crying every day. So during the three weeks, because of what had happened to me when I tried to ask for time off, I wanted to start a petition on change.org. So that's when on that Wednesday, I started a petition on change.org called bereavement time due to pregnancy loss. And I shared with my story about how my employer wouldn't give me time off because they didn't consider my loss, the loss of a child. Mm -hmm. And so what I was asking was for supporters to, to believe that, you know, people should get 
time off. So on Wednesday, I was like, okay, you guys. And I literally in five days, I think I messaged like over a thousand people easily, easily. Like I text everybody. Like I have like some odd, like I think 2000 contacts on my phone. I easily text like six. Yeah, six or seven, like 100 people from there, literally. And then I mess, I mean, I message hundreds of people on Facebook. And then I join about 20 or 30 pregnancy miscarriage loss groups. And I posted it on there for them to support. I emailed, um, I messaged like the um, the group leads, the moderators to ask if it was okay. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's good. So then, you know, I just like blast it out. And the first day I was like, if we get a hundred, that's good. I'm like, I don't even know, like really a hundred people that's close to me. So by the end of the night, like we started, I started the petition. I think it was like at six 30 by, I think within the next few hours, like within four or five hours, we had a hundred people. Awesome. And then it just kept growing and growing from there. And I was like messaging everybody every day, like, okay, please share with, I was very ambitious. I was like, we can get a thousand. I was like, share with just 10 people. I shared with a thousand people, but I just want to share with 10 people. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's too ambitious. So then the next day I was like, just share with five people. I was like, you know what? Maybe that's still too ambitious. Just share with one other person. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Every day I messaged them and I was like, please just share with one other person. And if people like wrote me back, messaged me back, I was like, oh, will you please post it on your page or will you share it with just one other person? And honestly, Melinda, like on Sunday night, like that, I was on Friday, I was stuck at 300. Like I was like, I don't know any more people. <laughs> You know what? I had given up on Friday. Yeah, two days. On Friday night, I had given up. I was like, I don't know any more people. You know, and one of my friends, he was like, well, the May that I know will get that thousand. I'm like, now he's challenging me. <laughs> Alan accepted. <laughs> yeah, he challenged me. So I was like, you know what? Challenge accepted. So then that's when like I felt led to joined the miscarriage groups, like pregnancy loss groups. Then I like message people from my phone. Some people I haven't spoken to in probably like 10, 15 years. I'm like, I don't care. Ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Melinda, I I'm serious. Ex-boyfriends and everything. They're like, whoa, okay. She got married. I had a kid. Then I lost the <laughs> I didn't care. I was, I was on a mission. And so stuck at 300 on Friday and then Monday morning. Okay. So Friday stuck at 300 Monday morning, we were at a thousand supporters. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was like, what? I was thinking, okay, we got a thousand by the end of March. We'll be doing good. Like we got a thousand people in five days. And that's we like, awesome. Okay. This is not May's project anymore. This is God's project. Exactly. I was like, this is not my project. I'm like, I could not have, you know, it could not have blown up this fast, you know? And it's just, and then the other thing is, it's people from all over the world. Like not even just like our Midwest, you know, we're both in the Midwest, like not even just Chicago, Indiana, but I mean, in various states, in different countries, the UK, Australia, Africa. I mean, you know, and I haven't even gone through that list again, but it's just been so amazing. And, and what that showed me is that this is a topic that people support and that think is important. So then that's when I, I told my supporters that I would reach out to politicians after I got to 500. So Monday, I reached out to the politicians and I told them I had a thousand. Yes, Melinda, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. I just called them. They're like, okay, how can we help you? I said, I have no idea, except I want to tell you my story. Awesome. <laughs> right. I said, I have no idea, except I want to tell you my story. So I was telling. So I called the congressman, um, Bobby Rush in Illinois. 
I called um, Senator Duckworth's office, the DC and Chicago office. I called all of them and left messages. And then when I called um, Senator Duckworth's office, they told me that she actually has a bill out. That is exactly what I'm trying to do. So I'm like, <laughs> and then I told my supporters, good news, guys. We're not starting from scratch. <laughs> Because that's what we have to do, right? right? If you think that something is important and you want to change laws, it has to, you have to have enough supporters for it to become a bill, right? right. Take it to DC. So right now, as we're talking, um, the, the bill is in DC right now in committees. So I wanted to just shout out, I guess, the bills really quick. So they have, so the first one is the Senate bill which is S.2390, and it's called Support Through Loss Act. So S.2390, and then they have a companion bill. So this is um, the bill that actually come, goes hand in hand, and they're both called Support Through Loss. So the first through the Senate is Senator Duckworth, and this one is from Representative Presley from Massachusetts. So the bill came out on the same day last year, July 20th. And so this bill is called H dash, I mean, H period R period 4576. So HR 4576. And they're both called the Support Through Loss Act. And so basically just the highlight of the bill is that they're asking employers to give parents. So it's actually the mother and the father or the mother and the, you know, the partner mm -hmm. um, time off and at least three days of paid bereavement days, grieving days, whether it's the loss of a pregnancy, whether it's the loss of, um, what is it, surrogacy, adoption, you know, anything having to do with that you thought you were going to have a baby, IUF, you know, right. and then it not happen. And they were saying at least three days, if, you know, if not more. And then also it supports um, research on mental health of pregnancy loss. Wow. So I was like, thank you, God. I got goosebumps. Goosebumps. God, like I this is not the club I wanted to be in. No. no. I was like, I don't no, I get you. this on anyone. Right. And then now that it happened to me, I was like, you know, this thing happened to me where they didn't acknowledge my loss. And I'm like, I don't want this to ever happen to anybody else. And it really, you know, it really hurts the healing and grieving process when your loss isn't acknowledged. You know, I really think like it, it's like your, what is it? It's like it's a disenfranchised loss where it's not acknowledged. It's not even, you know, people actually just want to silence us. Right. And no one understands unless they've been through it. I mean, it, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And you're right, grieving. Yes. I mean, I ugly cried for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. And that's hard. You know, your topic pregnancies, your miscarriages and so on and so on. Even abortions. Yeah. You know, because I had abortions myself and I cried afterwards. I really did. So, I mean, having that grieving. And yeah. there's so many women, I'm sure, that are trapped into not even sharing that with anybody. Right. Because they're like, oh, you know, people are, are probably just going to think it's insignificant. It was just yeah. a small, small loss. It was early in the pregnancy because I know I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so many women probably just don't say anything or to their employers. So this, this is, this is really a beautiful thing out of all that heartache. Really? This is a beautiful thing. And now let me ask you a question. Yeah. You keep saying her, did you have it in your heart that this was going to be a girl? Okay. So now I'm going to tell you my story. This <laughs> I'm sorry. Time. I don't mean to make no, you. No, no, no. Now that I am, you know, put the plug out there to please, Contact your congressperson and your senator 
Melinda's going to put those bills on there. Please contact them tomorrow and let them know you support this bill um, because it's super important. If it just sits there, it'll just sit there for right. years and years. If if nobody, if we don't care about it, they don't care about it. Right. Well, so I'm just asking everyone to please care about it. Um, and so Melinda asked, I'm going to answer now. She's like, oh, you keep calling the baby a her. Okay, so two weeks about two to three weeks before I took the pregnancy test. I, in my dreams, in my dreams, <laughs> I was dreaming, like literally I was asleep. And there was this man that delivered this little girl to me. She was about, I know, like I'm getting goosebumps. Just you made me cry again. <laughs> yes, but there was this man that delivered this little girl to me. And we didn't say a word to each other, but we knew he was bringing her to me. And he dropped her off to me. And she was about two or three years old. And she just had this sweetest little smile on her face. And she looks up to me and she says, Jesus is Lord. And I'm like, yes. He is Lord. And I'm like, but where's your dad? And then I woke up. And no, I literally was like, yes, he is Lord. Where's your dad? And then I woke up. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I jumped about this little girl. And so I was like, that's my little angel. Like, I saw her in my dreams. And so for, and then like, you know, just, you know, we talked about like kind of like the matter of fact part. So now I'm going to want to I want to share a little bit about how like really my relationship with God has like really helped me, you know, during this journey that I'm in. And it's going to be obviously a lifelong journey, you know. And I remember that dream, you know, one. And then two, I remember like I heard God say to me. The enemy is going to be attacking your child. Like, just like how you and I are talking, like, I just heard that, like the enemy, like the devil is going to be attacking your child. So I called like a prayer meeting together with my mom, my sister, my aunt. And we're like, no, we're going to pray. You know, the baby's going to live. And we're rebuking every demon in hell and everything, you know, like, seriously, we're like, really like praying, you know, interceding and everything. And in there nowhere in my mind would I think it would be to the point of death, you know, nowhere I could not even think it or even imagine it, you know, and, you know, then it was, and then all of a sudden I had a vision and I was awake and I had this vision that I was in battle. Like we were like in warfare, like spiritual warfare. And, you know, I'm, in battle and my daughter is there um angel that's what we named her oh she was there but she's not a baby she's like grown like us like this is all in the spirit okay not like the physical like all in the spirit realm she's grown i'm grown but i know that's my child and then all of a sudden i see her being slain like she gets killed right in front of me i had to see this you know, in my vision, I see her get killed right in front of me. And I'm running with all my might to her. I drop to the floor and I'm just like inconsolable. Like that's the first word I would say about like when this happened, I was just inconsolable. Like there is nothing you could have said to me. Like nothing you could have said, nothing you could have done. Like the inconsolable grieving mother, you know, like nothing. And I'm just like crying, crying, you know, and then I, even at that moment of like such great grief and sadness, I said, devil, when I can pick myself up again from the floor, I said, I'm coming for you and I'm killing all of your demons in the way. And I said, once I can pick myself up, cause you know, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't, but I knew once I picked myself up, I said, I'm going to kill all your demons along the way. I'm coming for you for like, this is going to be the most precious life you ever, you ever took. 
And so I just, you know, just part of my journey, I've just been sharing truth with people, you know, and I feel like God's just been speaking to me. I'm actually writing another book about my journey and about these visions that God has given me, these dreams that really helped me to find some peace, you know, helped me to find some, a little bit of peace and comfort during this time. And then another time um, I was at home. It was that Monday right after, you know, the baby and the whole situation. And I felt this warm hug. And it was just like, I guess I would explain it like after you take the blanket out of the dryer. Oh. You put oh. it around. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. After you take that blanket out of the dryer and it's just wrapped around you. And I felt that <sighs> all over me. That it was like God had like wrapped himself, his wings around me. And it was just so like a warm blanket. It was just so comforting, you know. And then another vision that I had. I was just driving and my mom had several losses as well. And this vision came to me and I saw her. I saw my daughter in the vision and she's in heaven and she's holding hands with her aunt, her big aunt, you know, who was also a baby, you know, and her aunt was like a little bit bigger than her, you know, and she was like, and they were just like laughing and smiling and just having like the time of their life. And I'm just like, oh, she's with her aunt. You know, like I can't be here to take care of her, but and Melinda, it just like warmed my heart. It just warmed my heart. And then this last thing, I know it's just so amazing. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that like, it, it's like touching you because when when it came to me, like I had to cry, you know, too. And then this last vision that I saw, and like I really believe like all of our children are like up there together. But I I saw so you know there were so many people around, but I saw her you know, and her aunt holding hands, they were just laughing and smiling and running around. And um, then the last vision I had, it was actually just two Sundays ago. And I was at church and I was at one end of the church. My daughter and my husband was at the other end. And I went to go get my coat. And as I'm coming back, um, my daughter sees me and she's running frantically to me. I mean, she's just like going like, <laughs> and it took everything within me not to break down and cry at church because the thought came to me that that's how it's going to be when I get to heaven. <sighs> that angel is just going to come frantically running to me and I'm going to know her. She's going to know me. And instead of like sadness and tears and sorrow, there's going to be so much joy and happiness. And we're just going to be laughing and embracing each other. And I'm just like, God, you're so amazing. Like, I don't know, like, where I would be if I wouldn't have had those, you know, little nuggets you know, of comfort. Yes, ma'am. From God. And I'm just like, oh, God. He is so good. He is so good, girl. He is. Yes. 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 And it yes. renews your, you know, for somebody that um, I know there was a few times in myself where I was doubting and, um, you know, just like maybe he's not up there and something yeah. would happen, something like that. And, and you know, yeah. even myself with my losses, my mm -hmm. uh, miscarriages, I knew I had a boy and a girl and oh. I know I had seen them separately in different visions myself. And yeah, yeah. so I totally I'm thinking of those things as you're talking, <laughs> yeah. because I know I felt the same thing. And it's like, I know they're waiting for me. And I know I know they're going to be up yeah. there. So yeah, I, I can totally relate. <laughs> So whoever's listening to this poor podcast, you're going to hear me sniffling because all I'm doing is crying. 
That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. So what if somebody out there is wondering, you know what, this is happening to me. Why did God take my child away? It renewed your your spirit and your faith. What can you say to somebody that's out there right now that is going through this loss that doesn't have that faith or maybe is letting that faith go? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's a really good one. I think just where I'm at with my faith now and kind of, you know, the teaching that I've been under, you know, we really believe um, in John 10, 10, where it says the thief comes only, but to kill, steal and destroy. So in my heart, when, you know, my baby had went to heaven, like, I knew God wouldn't have done this to me. Like, he loves us. Like, he is our father. Like, like he could not be the father of all fathers if he could, you know, kill his children or, you know, like, my child. I was like, no. So even from the beginning, because God had told me already, like, the enemy was going to be attacking my child. So, so that I would definitely, you know, take a step back and really come to, I call it truth to life. Like that is a biblical truth, you know, John 10, 10 and bringing it to life to say, like, really, let's direct our anger and our hatred and our resentment, you know, towards the devil who did it. So that so that's what I would, you know, recommend, because according to John 10, 10, it says the enemy comes, but to the thief comes, but to steal, kill and destroy. But I, you know, Jesus has come to give life and life more abundantly. And even when Jesus was on earth, when people asked him, Lord, if you're willing, he never turned anyone away. He healed everyone that came and asked, and even those that didn't ask. So I'm like, no, if Jesus, you know, is God and Jesus here on earth, like, I'm like, no, Jesus wouldn't do this. Like Jesus, you know, never killed anyone. He never plucked any flowers out of the garden. He never, he was like, no. And in Genesis, you know, and in Genesis, God gave us dominion. So God is like, I have given you dominion, dominion. So our authority here is on earth. You know, we're the ones that are, quote unquote, like little gods on earth, right? Because we do what God did. God spoke the world into existence. And that's why the Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. We speak our life. If whatever situation you don't like, you know, we speak that, you know, say, speak those things. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower. So I definitely believe and like speaking truth, you know, to your own life. And I, I used to think that, you know, God had plucked maybe, you know, people from the garden. I used to think that God, you know, was the taker of life and different things. But then when you look at Job, you know, you go back and look at Job and Job, you know, and the um, devil says, I'm coming to inform like a roaring lion, you know, whatever on earth. Um, and then he asked, you know, then he's, God's like, oh, have you considered, you know, Job? So I really definitely call this my Job season, you know, my Job season. And like, the devil's like, oh, okay, you know, and, and he's like, can I do these things? Like, I want to do these things. I want to hurt him. I want to kill him. I want to inflict these things on his body, you know, whatever. God never said, yeah, I'm going to do that. He said, okay, go on your way. Like, do what you got to do. kind of thing. And so, and then Job, he says in his pain, you know, not knowing the backstory of what's happening, he says, the Lord, um, what he says, the Lord giveth and taketh away. Right. Uh And I think people think like that's biblical and that Jesus or God said, I was like, no, No. that was Job in his pain. (laughs) But because he didn't know what was going on, you know, so I would say that God loves you. You know, I think that's what I want to share with everyone. Just the love of Christ that it doesn't matter what you've done. And and there was this one thing, another vision that I got some months ago. This is way before the baby or anything, but it was really about self-love for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like Melinda had, you know, you had said like with my trauma, with sexual assault and everything, it was really hard for me to really love myself. 
And so I was at church and I heard a song. I don't remember, but the thought came to me. Um, and God was saying, it doesn't matter if you don't do anything else. I'm never going to love you any more or any less than how I love you right now. Girl. (laughs) Yes. God said, even if you don't do anything else, even if you do a million more things, he said, I will never love you any more or any less than I already love you. And this is for the people who do too much, like me, who want to overdo it. Let me get my good work in people, okay? Let me get my good work in people. Yeah, that's me. And when I heard God say that, it was so comforting to me that there's nothing that I could do that would separate me from his love. Yes. And... I just want to let you know, everyone out there that's listening, God loves you. God wants to comfort you and heal you in your journey during this time. That I believe every single tear that we shed, God counts them. You know, I saw something on Facebook. um, I think back in the day, like the Jewish women used to have tear jars you know, to collect their tears. And I saw it was so beautiful. Yeah, they used to. Yeah, I just saw it on Facebook the other day. Like they have tear jars. Like it's like a jar that they would like, you know, collect their tears in. Um, And I guess go show Jesus or something, you know, I don't know. But, um, you know, and I believe it's like that. Like God counts and knows all of our tears. Like, Like I believe that every single tear that we shed, like, God knows, you know, and I really believe like when we're hurting, like he's hurting with us, like even like for us with children, right? When our child or, you know, whatever is sad or, you know, we feel with them, right? We love them when our child is not doing well, when they're sick, when they're in trouble, whatever. It's like we feel with them. We feel for them, you know, because they're our children. And I believe God is like that that he feels with us. He's, he's crying with us because we're sad because it's a loss for him too. You know, like he's sad about it, but I did want to read, I know we're almost out of time, but I wanted to read this. I guess you would call it a poem. And I was, when I was writing it, I was crying. And what happened was on um, the 13th of this month, I, I woke up with this warm, you know, the warm blanket I was talking about, kind yeah. of like that, but it was in my womb. Oh. Yeah, that's what I woke up to. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I woke up to. And I just cried. Wow. I, you know, I just had, I was just crying. And then I went to, and then I woke up and I had to write this. And this is called Hugs from an Empty Womb. Oh. It says to my little angel. From mommy. Today I woke up with a warm embrace. It was a hug from my womb, my empty womb. I would have just came back from my three-month ultrasound the day before, excited to see how you're growing, excited to hear your heartbeat, excited to be gaining weight, excited for it all. Instead, I'm longing to feel your little fluttering kicks, using the bathroom throughout the night, and watching my belly get bigger. These are things that we'll never have now, you and me. I still cry because mommy's missing you, but I have hope that we'll be meeting again but this time on the other side of heaven. Since you're in eternity, a place now with no time, I know you're waiting for me too, to give me the hugs and kisses that I have longed to give to you. I'll wait my whole life for them, but you're worth the wait. 
While I'm still here, a place now with time, I'll honor God and you with my time. I'll find the purpose through my pain and help other women do that too. Until we meet again, either in my dreams or in heaven, know that mommy loves you then and still loves you now. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love you, Melinda. Oh. You're crying oh, for the girl. I, I was thinking I was gonna be like, holding oh. this. And, and I feel like this is the pain that we all have, millions of us, yes. and that we're just told to be silent. We're just told to keep it to yourself, you know. And it's just so heartbreaking, you know. And I just, both of us, you know. I guess to everyone, like, we know your pain. Yes. You know, we've been there. We, whether it's just starting, whether it's been many years that, you know, we understand. And I think like Melinda, you had said earlier, like, unless you have felt this, unless you have been through it, you can't even describe it to anyone. You can't even tell it. When one of my, when a couple of my friends had um, lost their babies, uh, I imagined the worst pain that it could be. I imagined it, right? Two years ago, I was looking through my previous text, my previous messages, and I was like, I can't even imagine. And the worst pain that I imagined, that was a lie. The worst pain that I could have imagined before having to suffer the loss myself was a lie. It's just, you can't describe it. And I think unless you have gone through it, unless this is a loss that you have had to endure, there are no words. And I think we as mothers of these children who have gone up to heaven, like we have to really stand together, you know, come together and whatever is right, like proclaim it on every mountaintop, you know, Melinda. And that's, that's like my mission right now. Like, I'm like, you know what? I want this bill to get passed at the white house, but then I want it to get passed at every single state Yes. in the U S yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know? And so it's just this big, super big thing. And it's, it's coming from a place of helping to start people to heal, helping to start that healing journey. You need that time to process, to think, to grieve. And I know like, I, I actually took the time, like, like I said, I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) I was like, no, my mental health is more important than my job. Bye. Amen. That's what I said. Bye. And then three weeks later, they're like, we're not paying you. Okay. I felt so much better. Good. I felt Good. so much better that I took that time out. And for anyone out there, like it's going to be such a tough decision to make. But if you can, please take that time out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel like you took care of yourself. You're going to feel like that it was a significant loss and that you needed the time. You took the time. And I feel like when we don't, it just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, because I, like you said, I was like, bye. (laughs) I don't know about other people, but I, I think that's what helped me like get on my journey you know, and it's going to be a lifelong journey, but, and there are going to be days. And I say, you know what, it's like a wave, like Mm -hmm. some days are really good. And then some days you're going to be bawling, like, you know, and it's okay. Whatever day you just ride that wave. And yeah. And, and I think the most important thing is just, just to trust God. And what I mean when I say that is that 
all the ugly things in our life. Like, you know, the Bible says that he's going to give us beauty for our ashes. Yes. And for me, what that means is, is all the ashes or all like the ugly things in my life, like God's going to make it into something beautiful. And that's what I mean when I say, I trust God that he's going to make this into a beautiful thing. And just me being able to share about my journey, how I got to this place is it is God turning around to something beautiful, you know, advocating for women, empowering them like that is something beautiful. Yes. And so Uh, I really feel like I'm, I took like the, greatest pain of my life and turned it to this huge purpose, you know, that, you know, because of little angel, like all the mothers around the world, around the U S you know, like I'm going to push for them to get that time off. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. And you know, I'm so sorry that it had to happen really and truly really. Oh my goodness. Wow, this was, as you can tell, I was really moved by this whole thing. Something near and dear to my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you. And again, May has a book unrelated to this. You can find the link in the comment section. Also the bill, I have that in there. And mentioning too that she said this bill, people around the world. So even if you're not in Illinois, go ahead and sign the petition. Go ahead and do that. Oh, I didn't ask you for that. Um, I'll have to maybe put that in the link. Oh, yeah. Later, the yes. petition okay. link. So people can okay. go ahead and, and do that too. So please, you know, give her some love. Many, many, many women can benefit this and um, benefit from this. Was three days, you know, three days is, I think that would help. That would. That definitely, would. definitely. And I just wanted to end with this with this one thing that whatever that you feel like you need to do to commemorate, you know, your child's life, whether however short or however long, you know, I would definitely recommend doing it. And I wanted to bring this out and share with you all. Like this is a little memory box. Oh. that I bought at the store and I just wanted to share some of the contents that I have in here. Um, these were flowers from oh. that my friends had sent me. Um, we had a little homegoing service for her. Oh. So it's like a whole little program. Like we had a balloon release and everything and I was like, no, this was my baby. Like I, this is like, you know, a real person, you know, and then just, you know, different things. I have cards here, you know, and then at the homegoing service, I had my uh, friends and family, like, write little notes, you oh. know, messages and stuff that I can go back to and read. And so whatever it is that you feel like you need to do, do it. Like, these are some wings from flowers. Oh, <laughs> from is it Yes. And then one of my really, really good friends, um, her mom had gave me this. It's a little like from um, Times Remembered, or Things Remembered. And it says in here, it says, safely in his arms. Oh, is that beautiful? It's from Mama Lisa. So I was like, oh my gosh, that was so thoughtful. And like, you know, whatever little thing, like, you know, when I was, when I thought I was pregnant, you know, when I was pregnant, I had went out and bought these and put it in like a little box for my husband to open. Like I had like Aww. little things in there. And so I put those in there. But yeah, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do, whether have a little service, memorial. We also had a balloon release, you know, for her. And then I I had kept one of the balloons here. You know, that had popped like in the house. I was like, I'm going to keep this one. So, you know, like whatever you feel. And I and Melinda, honestly, I feel like because I did it, what was in my heart to do? I I made peace with that. Like, no, we didn't have her body, but I had a service for her. And I really believe like it helped me tremendously. 
you know, to cry, to whatever it is that I needed to be with family and friends, like, just like it was a real funeral memorial service, right. you know, and honestly, it, I honestly believe that if I wouldn't have had something like that, I probably wouldn't be in such a place of like comfort, you know, and peace, you know, that I didn't honor her, you know, like I wanted to. And so I just want to encourage anyone out there, whatever it is that you feel you have to do, like do it, you know. That's beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for sharing really and truly thank you. This was beautiful. And and it's a very private time for many people. So thank you. And thank you for coming on today just to share that really and truly. I, I know somebody out there that's listening is going to get a lot of comfort out of this. And of course, they can reach out to you on Facebook if they want to chat, maybe share their own experiences as well. And you are going to be maybe making the news circuit locally in Chicago, oh. hopefully. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, yes, yes. it's really exciting. So yeah, they're going to be filming tomorrow. So NBC, yes. so you guys look out for me on NBC. Woo-hoo. I'm Chicago. Yeah, they're going to be talking to me about my story and the petition and also working with the senator and how we can really get this bill passed for, you know, families out there. Awesome. Awesome. And what an encouragement for anybody out there that's looking to make change too. You know, you didn't have, you didn't write a book about it or read a book about what to do, but just getting out there, contacting your senators, your congressmen, people and your congressmen, whoever it need to be. So in change.org, that's amazing. Thank you, girl. Thank you. You. It was such a great pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, Melinda. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we're going to end the broadcast on that. Thank you all for watching. I appreciate it. And remember, those links are in the comments. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks for tuning in. Bye.